New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. Testing, testing, one, two, testing, testing, one, two. Okay, good. I think, yeah, I'm on. Okay. Praise God. Last two Sundays, the brother we've been talking about is, is about being able to believe God for the impossible. And I think the most important thing is we can believe God for the impossible, but the purpose, the important thing about that is this. Do we want to believe God for the impossible? All things are possible if we want to believe it. Um, And that's the key that a lot of people are dealing with. It's not that you can't believe. The fact of the matter is, do you want to believe? That's the problem. You know, know, remember Thomas said, unless I can see it, uh, the, the wounds in Jesus' hands or whatever, I will not believe. And this is a problem with a lot of people. It's not that they can't believe. It's a point of the fact that matter they won't believe. So believing is something, a decision that you make. It's not something that God makes for you. It's something that you decide that you want to do for yourself, like, like faith. You can have as much faith as you want to have. But it's up to you how much faith that you want to develop within yourself by the grace of God. Same thing with finances, anything else. It all depends on what you want by the grace of God. And God never, he never puts no really hard restrictions upon you. Even when God created Adam and put them in the garden, he really didn't put any real hard dogmatic restriction upon them. He just told them what they need to do and, and what to stay from. And basically gave them a choice, really, and left it up to them. And if you think about it, the same thing applies to you and I today. He doesn't really make you do anything. People say, well, you know, God, he's a, and you know, if I don't do this, if I don't do it. No, that's not God. God don't make you do anything. He don't force you to do anything. If you are under any type of restriction or dealing with any type of religion, any type of organization where, where you're being made to do stuff under restriction or whatever, you got to take a look at that and make sure that's, well, not that's God or not. Because God don't put those type of restrictions upon you. He always gives you freedom by the grace of God. And that's a good thing about God because he loves you, he cares about you, and he respects your freedom that he gives you as a person by the grace of God. Well, this morning, we're going to take a look at something a little bit different this morning about um, um, yielding to God, and we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. Hope and pray you'll be able to get some out of this. It's going to be a uh, tremendous help to you because we want to, whatever we want to do, we want to be able to yield to God and not to be able to yield to everything that comes our way. Because there's a lot of things that's going on in the world today that people are yielding to, but it's not God. And and people are saying it's God, but the actions are really showing that it's not. 
Because if you're yielding to God, then it should exemplify in your action and your behavior and your character. It should be expressed through your character and your behavior by the grace of God. But if, don't been, if it's not been expressed in your character and your behavior, then you can call it what you want to call it, but it's not God. By the grace of God. God is such a great God. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for what you're going to do. And we thank you for all the things you're going to say to us today. And we pray now, Father, that you speak to our hearts. And we speak now, Father, that your word will go forth and not return unto your void, but will accomplish and prosper in the place and where to you send it. We thank you for, for, being, for giving us this opportunity to study. We thank you, Lord, for coming into your presence today. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You got your Bibles this morning. Turn with to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 6. Chapter 6 and verse 13. And we live in a society where people are yielding to all types of stuff. You know, um, um, both uh, saved and unsaved are yielding to all types of amazing things out here in this world. But a lot of things is good to you, but it's not necessarily good for you. And a lot of things that you may be calling yourself yielding to, it could be good to you now, but it also has, it could have adverse effect to you down the road because it could take you off course down the road somewhere. You could be... Um, caught up with a, with a great bunch of friends right now. And right now they're good friends and they're doing all the right things or whatever, but, but some of them have some character flaws. Some of those friends have character flaws. Unless they get those character flaws straightened out down the road, those character flaws could be end up being problems to you down the road there if you're not careful, by the grace of God. So that's why it's important for us really to be very vigilant and, and sober-minded about the things we involve in and the people we're hanging around with and the people we're associating with now because there's so many distractions that's going on right now. In the book of Romans, Romans chapter 6 and verse 13, you got your Bibles there, turn with us there. Now here's Paul is talking to the church in Rome. Now he's not just talking to just... Uh, Anyway, he's talking to Paul is talking to the saints here, those that are saved, those that are Christian, those that are born again, that are walking, as we call them, tongue talkers, Christian people. And Paul is telling them, he said, look, he said, neither yield your members as instruments as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Can you, can you yield your instruments, um, your, your body as um, unrighteousness unto um, instruments of sin? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. He said, now, he said, but yield yourself unto God as those who are alive from the dead, 
don't just yield to anything. Just don't yield yourself to anybody or whatever. Because a lot of things we yield to, it may be good to, may be good to you, but it's not necessarily good for you by the grace of God. As those are alive from God from the dead, and your members as instrument of righteousness unto God. If we're not sure what we should do and how we should live as a believer, only thing we have to do is listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? If you go into, for a good example, I'm not going not gonna to get on this, but if you go into your closet and decide to put on something out of your closet, that's a little bit provocative, okay? You don't have to ask nobody if it's right or wrong. The Holy Spirit will tell you that it's right or wrong. Now, if you ignore that, that's between you and God. Now, if you put that on and walk down the street and, and all of a sudden, get unnecessarily cat calls and comments and whistles and and stuff like that, people making different comments about you or whatever, then uh, then who problem is that? Could that have been prevented? Yes, it could have been prevented. And that's why it's important now as far as Christian is concerned is to look at what we do, not only what we do, but the way we do things and how we do things now. Not only dress um, as far as outwardly, but also interiorly as well, how we dress um, from, uh, from an interior point of view, whatever. Don't just, uh, just, just do things just to be doing it. Because a lot of things they got out there on the market, they shouldn't even put it on the market villa for dress. But it makes money. People buy it. And because people buy it, people put it on and, and wear it. And when they wear it, of course, you know, it it gets it makes it, it gets comment or whatever. But we as Christians or whatever, we all should live and do things a whole lot different than the world do things by the grace of God. We shouldn't, we shouldn't live and act like the world live and act by the grace of God. Our action and behavior should be a whole lot different. That's why the Bible said come out from the, among the world. Because we, we're different now. We are a changed generation now by the grace of God. We're a new creation by the grace of God. God never, God never intended for us to walk around with sackcloth and ashes. You always want us to be neat. You always want us to be clean. And you always want us to be with neat appearance or whatever. But at the same time, he don't want us to walk around looking like we a bunch of trash either. You can't tell us in the world. But you notice now, in some cases, you can't tell the church from the world. It's hard to tell the church from the world now because of the different things that people have, uh, have, have changed. 
does that mean change that Christ have changed? No. That means we have changed. The church has changed. People's standing have changed. People's attitude has changed. You can't tell me what to do. I do what I want to do. And that's true. But that's not the way you want to present yourself as a, as a Christian, though, by the grace of God. That's why when the Holy Spirit speaks to you about certain things, about your character, your behavior, your living, and all this good stuff like that, you should be more inclined in the bowels of yield. We should be willing to yield to what he's saying to you and speaking to you. The word yield means to slow down, to listen. You don't necessarily have to stop, but pause. Take a break. Take a time out for a minute. Take a momentary break and listen to what he has to say. Because he could be trying to tell you something or whatever. You can't imagine how many jobs have been, um, interviews have been overlooked because people didn't listen to the Holy Spirit because some they wanted to wear and they shouldn't have wore, but they wore it anyway. That shouldn't have been the right thing to, to wear by the grace of God. But they did it anyway. And, you know, we live in a society now where people say, well, hey, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. And that's true. But doing that, it can cost you, it can cost you big time. That's why you want to listen to the Holy Spirit and do what he tells you to do by the grace of God. And there are two lessons in life that you always learn. You want to get these two lessons. One is what you give your life to, what you learn to yield your life, life to. Many times we learn to yield our life to the wrong things. Number two, what you learn not to, to give your life to. Those are two important things. Because some people um, yield their life to the wrong thing. And they wonder why they always end up with the wrong result. Have you ever heard people talk to you sometimes? They say, well, everybody's always picking on me. I always seem to get it wrong. It's not to the point that they get it wrong. For some reason, no, they're not always listening to what is right. And they always sometimes make the wrong decision to get it wrong, whatever. The right answer is there. But for whatever reason, they don't like the right answer. They choose the wrong answer. See, being a Christian and becoming what God wants you to become, it's not hard. Look at your neighbors and say, it's not hard. It's easy. Look at your neighbors and say, easy. Very easy. And seeing God never did anything to make life hard for you. Period. When people say, well, you know, this life is hard, that's a lie from the pits of hell. It's not hard. What makes it hard, Pastor John? We makes it hard. Because he teaches us everything we need to know to be successful. To be an overcomer, to be a winner, 
to be the head, to be the tail. He teaches us everything we need to do to be on top. Go ahead and do the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4 and verse, 11, um, verse 19. You don't have to struggle. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't have to struggle. Your struggling is over. Your struggling is over. Look at your neighbor and say, stop struggling and enjoy life. You don't have to struggle. What are you struggling for? He have already done it for you. Why would he say struggle then turn around and say, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly? That don't make a lot of sense. Look what he told the disciples on that in Matthew 4, 419. What did he say? He said to them. He wanted them to be become fishers of men. What did he tell them? He said unto them, follow me and I will what? He didn't say you had to do nothing. Huh? <coughs> Only thing you got to do is to do one thing and follow me. And I'm going to make you, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to educate you, I'm going to help you, I'm going to spend time with you, I'm going to be your friend, I'm going to help you. So, where the struggle at? So where is the struggle? Well, I don't know. He didn't tell you you didn't know. He said he's going to help you. I'm trying to make ends meet. You don't need to try to make ends meet. You make ends meet. You don't try to make them meet. God is good. He's there to help you. He's not there to hurt you. He's there to take care of you. Like a doctor told you not too long ago. He said, man, you, how many times you've almost died on me? Three or four times. I said, well, hey, God is good. I can't go nowhere until you see me go. Time to go. I can't. God says it's not time to go. I ain't going nowhere. And then you can do it, Bob. Just do your job. Hello? See, we, we got to get out of this mindset of being afraid. Or what, what's going to happen to us. God got your back. He loves you. He's taking care of you. He's going to help you. That's why scripture said he's a very present help in a time of trouble. When you get into a situation, guess what? You're not the first one on the scene. You're not the first one in the operating room. You're not the first doctor to call, the first prayer and assessor to call. Jesus is already there. Why would you say that, Pastor John? He said, I would never leave you, nor would I forsake you. 
I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Huh? When they put, uh, took the anesthesia and put you to sleep, you didn't know you were going to wake up or not. Huh? Who woke you up? Jesus woke you up. By the grace of God. Even though he told you certain things you need to do, but guess what? That don't mean they had to come true. Jesus is the one who brought those things true. And that's why Jesus is trying to get us to the point where we have to become more in love with him. Become more dependent upon him than we are looking at all this other stuff. Get all this other stuff out of our minds and declutter our minds with, with all this junk over the years with religion and things and, and what people have said and, and all the other crazy stuff or whatever. You know you're not going nowhere until time come anyway. You know that? You know that? You can put a gun to your head. You ain't going nowhere until time come. People look at me like I'm crazy. I'm, t I'm serious. Nothing can happen according to Galatians 4 4 until the fullness of time. God says, Time, time. But until that time, ain't nothing going to happen. You can do what you want to do. How many times you try stuff and trying to make it work and it didn't work? Hello? And you've been informed by some of the best. Still didn't work. What happened? Didn't get God's approval. God got his approval on it. And that's why instead of us yielding to all the stuff that we're hearing, all these feelings that we're feeling, and all these feelings that we're feeling a lot of time, it's just a sham many times. It's stuff from the devil. Thoughts and ideas from the devil. Because you know feelings going to change. One day you're going to feel good. Tomorrow you may not feel good. Are you going to base your life upon feelings? Are you going to base your life upon faith? What you going to do? Are you going to base your life upon what people say? Are you going to base your life upon the word of God? The scripture said, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe man's report or believe God's report? See, when you come to Jesus as a newborn babe, you don't come knowing everything you need to know. Are you listening to me? You come to Jesus as a student, as a disciple, as a pupil. You come to him to learn. And that's why he takes the time. Many, many do not take the time to learn the things they need to learn. That's why they grow old and struggle during their Christian life because they never take the time to learn 
the things they need to learn as a disciple. A disciple is a student, it's a pupil. They are learning. In other words, they learn the things that God wants to teach them. So when, you, when you're going through that state, he's teaching you some things. So as you grow older in your, in your Christian growth, you won't be flipping and flopping like a fish all over the place. You'll be more stable. So when you hear things, when you come in contact with things, whatever, you'll be more stable about things or whatever, by the grace of God. But if you never really learn those things that he wanted to teach you while you're young, guess what? You never get them. It's just like, it's just like the basic when it comes to math. If you don't learn the, the basic of math, when you start getting up in trig and all the other stuff and, and basic geometry and all that stuff like that, guess what? You're going to have problems. You have problems. That's why you want to learn. That's why in the book of Matthew, Matthew go to Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. I think, think it's a very intriguing um, scripture here. It said, it said, come unto me, come to me. <coughs> When people think it's going to church, <clears throat> throwing the Bible underneath the arm, listen to the preacher, you know, say a few words or whatever, and walking out, and that's it. it. That's not even remotely close to being it. It's about learning. It's about learning what is being, what God is saying to you directly and being able to apply what is being said to you directly and being able to make the necessary change in your life so you can be able to move on to become a better person in the name of Jesus, by the grace of God. So when you have problems and deal with different issues in life, guess what? You won't be ready to pull your hair out and ready to go get your gun and, put, and put, uh, put it to your head to commit suicide. Won't ready to go to the to your bar and get your ball jacked down and drink it all at one time. No, you have some answers. When people come to you with problems, guess what? Not only you have answers for yourself, but you also have answers for them as well. Because guess what? You got something to say. Because you've learned something by the grace of God. Look at look at Matthew chapter eleven and verse twenty eight. He said, come to me, this is living in the living, um, living Bible. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. Give you rest. Give you rest. This is, a, this is important. So when you come to him, not only will you, will you gonna, you're going to get some, but you're going to get some rest. He said, all of you who will work so hard beneath a heavy yoke, he said, wear my yoke, for it is, it is fitly perfectly, fit perfectly, and let, me, and let me teach you, for I am greedily and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul, and I will give you only the right burdens, by the grace of God. So by coming to him, he's going to teach you some things. He's going to teach you some things by the grace of God. But guess what? 
But if you don't come to him, he can't teach you anything. If you just sit there just like a, just like you're another uh, pew in the, in the church, another chair in the church, come there and sit there and wave at people and shake their hand and, and leave just like you come, you're not benefiting from it. What you learn should be able to make some changes in your life by the grace of God. should change you. should make you better. should make you better by the grace of God. It shouldn't cause you to leave church angry. It should cause you to leave church better by the grace of God. It should cause you to fall in love with people. It shouldn't cause you to end up dealing with a whole bunch of uh, hatred and all the other stuff like that. That's not, that's not what the type of religion that you want. You, you want something going to change your heart by the grace of God. God is love. And so I don't care how you put it, and I don't care who said or where, when they said, God is love. And if you, and if you love God, and guess what? It's hard, it's hard to love, love people without loving God. And hard to love God without loving people by the grace of God. So, so it's going to change you. And that's what's going to change the world. This is what's going to change our situation. That's going to change our society is being able to come before God. But the point I'm making is this. When you, when you come before God when you're young, he's going to teach you everything you need to know as you grow up in him. You stay in church. Don't be in and out. Like a rodeo, in other words, I'm in today and out tomorrow. I'm going to school today, I'm out two weeks and stuff like that. You got to stay in it, and you learn to stay with Him. He's going to teach you some things, or make and help you to become the man and the woman that you need to be. So when you become that man at 40, 50, 60 years old, guess what? You're not going to just have gray hair, but you're going to have a lot of wisdom with that gray hair. A lot of understanding with that gray hair by the grace of God. But just have, instead of just having a, a head full of gray hair with no understanding, with no wisdom or whatever. And stuff like, like, like a lot of people have today. Head full of gray hair, but no wisdom and no understanding. Now, I'm not saying talking bad down upon it, but it, it, it's just true. Because they have not applied themselves and got the understanding they should have gotten when they were much younger by the grace of God. And that's why it's important now to be able to get it by the grace of God. And that's why it's important for us as believers when it comes to is to keep ourselves connected to the right things and being able to stay connected to the right things. And when it comes when it comes to God, in the book of Romans, Romans chapter six and verse thirteen again, it says, "Do not let let any part of your body become tools of wickedness. Don't don't let your body become tools of wickedness, whatever. And you know the body that the part of the body that the devil used for the greatest part of your body he used for wickedness." You know the part he used most of the time is what? Hey, that old tongue. 
He loved to use that tongue. Boy, he can use that tongue. Boy, he can, he can destroy some things with that tongue. But, but by the grace of God, we are better than that. And that's why Paul was talking to the church as, uh, as Christian. If you're going to yield to something, don't yield your bodies as instruments of unrighteousness. Gear your body to God. Gear your body to God. I'm going to share five things with you that you should yield your um, body to. Number one, who you should yield your body to. Number one, you always should yield your body to God. Always. Listen to him. In the mornings when you wake up, your eyes pop open, come open in the morning. Father, thank you for another day for waking me up, starting me on my way, and thank you for your blessing for, for being able to see this day by your grace and your mercy. And I thank you now, Lord, that this is a great day to help me to be able to make the best of this day and start this day and do the things that are going to bring glory and honor to your name and help me to yield to you and the things and the promise you have for me this day. Because there are promises that God has for you this day that you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss those promises. But if you just sort of like do your own thing and just go about your own ways or whatever, you can wake up in the morning and miss a whole lot of things. Don't get me wrong, can do a lot of things, but if you're not careful, you can miss a lot of things that you could have, could have end up getting, uh, end up doing by not acknowledging him or whatever. Because what happens is when you, bring, when you bring God into the picture, the Holy Spirit is, uh, is going to remind you, say, look, don't forget this, don't forget that. It's going to remind you some things that you forget. And those reminders can be some biggies. We yield a lot of time and effort to different peoples and different things or whatever. Um, number two, you should yield your time to your assignment. To your assignment. Whatever assignment that you have. Your spiritual assignment. I think Fred missed that one. <laughs> missed that one. But um, you have an assignment every day. God has an assignment for you.
I was uh, woke up this morning pretty early, and um, God was sharing some things with me about uh, Bessie, you and Geneva, that, that more th stuff is coming in the pike for you guys. So, um, so things will get a little bit more busier for you guys than, than, than in the past. So, uh, so getting, getting ready. Well, it's sort of like, um, it's going to be uh, pretty much sort of like a promotion too, uh, where, where others going to be coming to you for advice and stuff like that. So, so um, people start coming to you for advice. So just don't get weary. Just, uh, it's part of the deal. So. So he's been, he been preparing you for this for a long time. So you, you invested so And then you got Miss Hilda and, and that's being groomed as well. So, but, um, and while I'm on this, um, um, Like I said earlier, you know, you heard me say this many times. There's nothing like being able to have someone that you can talk to, uh, another female or someone, a friend, that when you're going through some stuff that you can pray with, that can pray with you and talk to you and stuff like that. So um, it's good to be able to have another a male or female in your life or whatever. In most cases, if you're male, it's good to have another male, female, good to have another female that you can pray with and they can pray with you and encouragement to you to get through, through them tough times or whatever. So they, They're not going to be able to do it for you, but they can be there to encourage you through those tough times or whatever. So, so Geneva and Betsy and Hilda, been placed into the ministry to help us uh, to get through them tough times. So by the grace of God, so so it's men. So I guess we have to try to fight for our own by the grace of God. So we get through it. But. Um, but God didn't mention anything about the men, so he just made mention about the women, so or by the grace of God. So each day you should yield, always yield to uh, to your assignment, to the assignment that God has, has placed you, has called you into, whatever that may be. Um, I don't know what you what God has called you to do and what you're supposed to be doing or, or whatever, but um, whatever your assignment is supposed to be, you want to continue to apply yourself and, and do it with all your heart by the grace of God. Amen? So that's why it's important to, to do it. And don't be um, lazy about doing it. Uh, put forth your heart into it, because what you put into it will determine what you get out of it. And also determine, also determine what others get out of it as well too. So, 
So apply yourself. Amen? So. Also, um, who should you yield to um, every day? Um, the Holy Spirit. Always listen to the Holy Spirit. Because he, he has a lot of ideas. Sharing things with it, making things better. Anything that you're doing, anything you're doing right now, regardless with business or, or whatever, he knows how to make it better. To give you some better ways and some better techniques of of doing it to make it better, to improve it, to improve the process. So don't get stuck. A lot of times people allow themselves to get stuck and quit. But if, you, if you're stuck um, trying to figure out where you are and where you're trying to go and, and what you're trying to do and all that good stuff like that, um, don't. It's like the Holy Spirit give you some fresh for a fresh anointing, that's the key word, for a fresh anointing to fall upon you, for some fresh ideas, and all of a sudden, it's just not a matter how. It's a matter when you can start getting fresh ideas. And when they start coming, they're coming. Man, they're coming. And before you know it, man, you say, wow, I never thought of this. You're going to be amazed and shocked because it's going to be so simple, but it's going to be so good to you by the grace of God. It'll be so enlightening to you. So, And then the last but not least, uh, you should yield to every day is the, is the word of God. Obey the word of God whenever he, when he tells you to do something. If he tell you to make that phone call, if he tell you to uh, text uh, text that person or whatever, don't try to figure it out. Just do it, cause you don't know why why you need to do it. Trying to figure it out why you need to do it. Cause a lot of time, before we do anything, we like to try to figure it out. Try to like to get an answer on it and and being able to uh, reason out before we can do it. But it's not it's not God's plan. It's just I want you to do it. And when you do it, you're gonna be blessed by the grace of God. God got great plans for us, I'm telling you. And see, sometimes what we want, we want, we want God to change us really before we're really ready. And, and God knows when you're ready to change. And that's why a lot, there's a lot of premature Christians in the world today because they're not ready. 
and God is getting them ready because, and they don't want to sit and wait and be patient so he can get them ready. So that's why a lot of them jump and do things and do a lot of crazy stuff and get ahead of God and go out and start things and do stuff they shouldn't start and shouldn't do. End up uh, having all types of problems or whatever. Not because of God, because they've gotten ahead of God. So, but we should always wait, just like a farmer. And when a farmer plant his garden or plant his farm or crops or whatever, he don't go out there in the next week, next month or so, and force the crop, trying to harvest the crop. He waits for the crop to harvest, to come into full fruition, so he can harvest it when it's due. Well, the same thing applies to us when it comes to God. God waits for us. He knows when we're ready. He puts us in position to get us ready. And sometimes getting us ready sometimes takes a while. And the reason why it takes a while, you know why it takes a while, right? Because we're stubborn. We're hard-headed. And sometimes we're disobedient. We don't want to do what we tell us to do. Because we think we know what's best. So, and that's why it takes them a while to really to, uh, to prepare us for what he wants to, want to do for us by the grace of God. And he know for a fact if we, if we do things too quick, it's going to get us a, a lot of pride and a lot of arrogance and all the other good stuff. And, and that going to get us in trouble. So he has to wait. And then sometimes we just ignore it all and step on out there anyway. And, and then he had to sit, then he had to turn around and chastise us. And let us hit our head against that brick wall. And sometimes people do. And people say, I wonder what happened. I tell you what happened. They ignored God, what they did. They didn't follow God. They didn't obey God. So when God is working with when God is working with you, the best thing for you to do is what? Now don't just wait but work with God. When He's working with you, you need to work with Him. Because that's the time to work. Back, back in the country, some of you probably never done this, but um, when the farmers went to work, you didn't live in the bed and sleep. Huh? Everybody went to work together. Same thing with God. When God is working, so we had to work with him. So when he stopped, we stopped. Remember the children of Israel? When they when it was out in the coming out of Egypt, the cloud of the fiery pillow. The cloud of uh, the fiery pillow led by uh, by 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 night, and then also a cloud of pillow led by day. So when they when it when, when the clouds stopped, 
they stop. That's the way it is. When God stops, we stop. When he moves, we move. And that's the way we go. And see, and what, and what you're doing is, when you do that, you're getting into a rhythm with God. And once you learn how to get into a rhythm with God, and you do that over a period of time, that becomes a pattern for you. And man, when you, get in, when you start doing stuff, you get in such a, get in, in such a, a, a habit of getting in tune with God. Man, anything become easy for you. Stuff that normally take two hours, three hours, man, you can do it in an hour, 30, 40 minutes. So, wow, man, this is easy. Peace, how the world you do that in 20 minutes? Hey, man, it just, it just happened by the grace of God. Have you ever been driving? And all of a sudden, you got into that, what we call, got into a rhythm of driving? A pattern seemed like a pattern? And all of a sudden, seeing that man that called it translated. See, all of a sudden, man, you seem like you're much further down the road than you can imagine. All of a sudden, you say, man, what happened? Before you know it, you're at your destination. Wow. And not even tired. Because, see, you ain't got into that pattern. And that's the way God will get, get you in that pattern, getting you in that pattern of doing things. Guess what? It'll work every time. It'll work every time by the grace of God. And that's why it's important, like I say, you want to yield to God. Yield to God. You don't want to yield your instrument to stuff that's of no value by the grace of God. Is God good? All the time. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your words today. Thank you for the great things you're doing and all the great things you continue to do. And we praise you for that right now, God, for your love of keeping us. And thank you, Lord, for being able to celebrate another Independence Day, Father. Thank you for America, this great country we serve and freedom we, we enjoy. We appreciate it, Father. And we only can do this because of you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.